to go, gosh, it had to have been over 40-some years ago. Uh, my wife and I were pastoring the A Street House in Grants Pass, and at that time, we had a young gal come live with us for a while. And she was, they had called us from the headquarters, from Gospel Outreach, and said, can this girl come and stay with you guys? It's a safety issue. And her name was Tita. And when she came, we found out that Tita was actually the daughter of the exiled president of Guatemala. And his name was Ephraim Reyes Mont. And I remember Tita, she was hiking with us around the mountains around Grants Pass. And we were way up B, B Street, a place called the Goat Ranch. And we were praying over the city. And that would be above your house, Rose, you and Lewis's house, way up there on the hill. We're praying. And she's just praying away in Portuguese. I had no idea what she was saying. And finally, I asked one of the people, I said, what is she praying? And he said, God's giving her a vision, and she's seeing this incredible download. And it all had to do with revival coming to this valley. That was 40 years ago. But I heard something today that made me go, what? And it's so true. There is no shelf life time on prayer, right? I loved that. Robert, I think you said that. That was so good. I thought, it doesn't expire. It's good. And God has promised some incredible things to this valley. And it's not about us, but we want to be part of that. And we want to uh, just see what happens and see these wells reopened that have been capped for too long. So helping us navigate these waters is an amazing brother I've been on the phone with for a while, and I got to meet today in person him and his wife, Nancy. Uh, but Dr. John Burpee, would you please come up here, brother? And this is his lovely wife, Nancy. And uh, Robert, you want to come up here really quick? Bob, would you come on up here? Get a couple other, some sisters, leaders. You know who you are. Bob Friedel, Mr. Friedel, come on down. <laughs> We need some sisters up here, too. Renata, Karen, why don't you go? You're in the front row. Come on up here. We're just going to pray for this brother. And oh, man, just let him release the thunder. So, Father, we just thank you for this brother. Father, I just thank you for his heart coming here from way across the country, Lord. He's coming here with just a desire to see us stirred and to see your presence come in a way we have yet to experience. And Father, I just pray that you would open our hearts to receive all that he has to share. I know he'll challenge us, and God, I think we need to be challenged. But more importantly, God, I pray that we would take what we've learned and what we've been challenged with, and we will take it outside of this building into the community. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> so, honey, come on up here for just a second. This is my girlfriend. I've been with her over 50 years. She was 16 years old. When I met this girl, she was literally cheering for the devil. Central High Red Devils. They had a devil's head as a mascot on the floor. What parents would allow that in a school? But anyway, she's still a cheerleader. She just changed teams. Say hi to these folks. Hello. It is so good to be here. Greetings from Texas. <laughs> We are so happy to be here with you. We bring all the wonderful blessings of God from Texas with us. We just want to encourage you. Uh, tonight's going to be a good night. It's going to be a good night. It's got some good things coming. It just the worship was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
It was, I love to get into a good worship service. That was amazing. So I just, I just want to encourage you, be open tonight. Receive what God has for you. He has something really special for each one of you, you know, really special for each one. And it's not like it's just for this one over here or that one over there. It's for every one of you. He has something that he has a portion tonight he's prepared for your heart. So whatever you've been asking for, whatever you've been seeking him for, it's about to be revealed to you tonight. Thank you. Amen. <coughs> We love, uh, we love revival. We love, uh, if there's a puddle somewhere, we're going to go get in it and splash. <laughs> you know, we just want to be a part of what God is doing. And we have, uh, <clears throat> I know there's a, quite a history of, of revival moves of God uh, in this area. And we've been around the Toronto Blessing. When we've been around the Smith and Outpouring was a very vital part of the Brownsville Revival. Uh, our church got into revival from that. We were doing uh, like five meetings a week. Sometimes we'd try to get done on Saturday night and get out before one in the morning. Some were crawling, literally crawling out. These, these blondes that never mess up their makeup, everything was prissy, and they were leaving looking like raccoons, the mascara down <laughs> all over the face. They, they were messed up. You know, revival is messy. We all know that. And we've had a chance to be around uh, some de uh, descendants of revival. We've been around uh, Charles uh, Finney's, I think, great-great-granddaughter, been involved with her in some meetings, was able to receive prophetic word from her. And then um, Smith Wigglesworth's uh, granddaughter uh, prophesied over us at Gateway Church back uh, about three, four years ago in uh, Grapevine, Texas. We'd had a prophetic word in Moore, Oklahoma from a Kansas City prophet that said, I really want to speak to the Jesus in you, but the Lord says I want to speak to the Smith Wigglesworth. And so he started prophesying all these things and over us, and, and uh, a lot of them we were already doing. But then um, that was on a Wednesday, Sunday, we go to church there at Gateway, about 4,000 people in attendance. We go to sit down, and one of the ushers said, are you going to be sitting beside Smith Wigglesworth's uh, granddaughter? And so we come in by her, and she said, can I pray for you afterwards? And I was like, well, let me think about it. No, I didn't say that. I said, absolutely. And everything she prayed and prophesied was exactly what this Kansas City prophet. God is on the move. I have a word. I don't know if you're recording this part right now or not, but I have it written down. <clears throat> but I do have a word for this church. And um, I kept hearing the word watershed. And so when I hear these words, I look them up, and I heard watershed and water basin. And um, so let me just give you a definition here. A water watershed is an area or a ridge of land that separates waters flowing to different rivers and basins or seas. Or it could be an event or a period marking a turning point in a course of action or a state of affairs. Now here's a water basin. And this is where I see you guys. I see you guys as a water basin. And 
when I look at water basin, these words that came to me was a convergence. There's a convergence that's going to take place. I believe it's already been taking place here probably for decades. But there's a convergence of thoughts, experiences, ideas, encounters. And yes, Eli, I have algorithms here. It's good to see you guys. All the way from Denver to be here tonight. And I believe this is all part of the watershed, the convergence. Algorithms, streams, overlapping supply. And so what is the abundance of, of this supply coming into? Why is it coming into a place that, that seems like so insignificant? Grants pass. It doesn't even have an airport. You have to fly into Medford to get here. And it can seem like a place... And, and this is where I believe people are going to come because it's going to be a place of rest. I truly believe you guys have cultivated and you've created an atmosphere for the supernatural here. You've created an, at, uh, an atmosphere for convergence to truly take place where you're comfortable with other streams coming in. You're not, you don't have this brand of it's us and no one else, but there's a convergence here where streams can come in, and you may not even be comfortable with some of what these streams carry, but that's okay because it's a convergence where they, they need rest. There's a lot of leaders out there right now, uh, marketplace leaders, uh, ecclesiastical leaders. They need a place of rest, and so you're going to find them coming in here, finding a place of rest, and what's going to happen is there's going to be a spiritual convergence of all of these streams coming in. And, and it's going to be like rivers coming into a huge basin. And there's going to be calmness because when all the rivers, when, you know, you live in the mountains, when all the waters are coming down and you see the, the white caps and, and, and you see you guys have the river rafting here and, and thing like that when, when uh, in the spring <coughs> when the snows melt. So, but when it gets here, it's calm. It's a basin. They're coming into the calmness. And then on top of that, and you guys are even worshiping tonight with this, then the rains come on top of the calmness. And so you're going to see the rains, the rains come in and bringing refreshing and fill the basin to a place of overflow. So this is, this is, this is what the watershed is all about. People coming in here from all over the world, not just in the States, but all over the world, they're coming in here. There's going to be a lot of catch basins, but this is going to be one of them. And, and the revival is going to look different because it's not just about somebody getting healed or somebody getting slain in the spirit or a prophetic word, but there's convergence of all kinds of different things, all, all kinds of different uniquenesses. There's, there's going to be things that are going to be mixed. Concepts are going to happen here. There's going to be strategies released here. Yes, miracles, signs, and wonders will take place here. Deliverance will take place here. But not just those things taking place here. But what's going to happen is, is like when this couple comes in and they come in to get rested, but they're carrying something. They're carrying a seed. They're carrying a mantle and anointing. But then this other couple comes in from clear across the United States or another country that they're doing missions work in. They're tired. They need a place of rest, but they're carrying something. Then all of a sudden, these guys realize, 
I'm converging with this person because I'm picking up something they have that we've needed where we've been for a long time, and they're carrying it. So they may have a strategy. They may have a, a, a particular anointing they're carrying or whatever. And so what's going to happen is, is that it's like the water's coming off the mountains in the spring. It's like all of a sudden, you guys have been preparing a place for such a time as this. Now there's a convergence of all these different streams. I feel the Holy Ghost, folks. All these different streams coming in here, and a lot of them are just like, I just need a place of rest. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm spent, and, and I'm sick. And they come in here, they get healed. They get around other people. They're picking up concepts. They're picking up ideas. They're picking up algorithms. They're coming into sound alignment. And, and they're making their adjustments. And now when they leave, they're, they've really stepped into to what I call their sweet spot. So now they are intentional. And now what's happening is the watershed is happening. It's come to a place where all of a sudden the overflow, it gets to be so much here that people are like, I'm ready. So now they start getting pushed out into the different streams, but they're carrying something different than what they had, and they're taking it into a place where they need what they didn't have, but now they have it because they've come in, and there's been this great convergence. And I've heard words in the past about a revival of convergence, and I believe this is part of what it is. And so get ready, folks. And, and, and I believe that in order for that to happen, in order for people to come into a basin where it's going to be calm and all of that, it's going to take servant leadership. It's going to take a real kingdom culture. And I believe you guys understand kingdom culture. I believe you understand the culture of honor, the culture of servant leadership. And so when these people come, are coming in here, you guys that are, are hosting this are going to pick up all kinds of stuff. But it's like you get to serve these people. You get, you get to help them to rest, and then you get to be a part of what they carry out of here as they move out in different streams. And people are going to be hearing this. So they're going to be coming. They're not going to come to this move and what God's doing here like they did in the Brownsville Revival or the Toronto Blessing. They're going to come here for rest but also for convergence. There probably will be roundtables right here on releasing strategies and coming together in roundtables so that people are so intentional when they leave. So I really believe this is what God is wanting to do here. This is a good part. I, I, I know this is going to resonate with you because I know, I just know that God wanted me to speak and share this thing tonight. But basically, there's no limits of supply when this thing starts taking place. When people come in, they're going to be lacking. They, they, they may be lacking in finances. They may be lacking in strategy, a particular strategy, whatever. But there's going to be an overwhelming supply of being able to be, be released here. So when they leave, they are ready. They're not lacking in anything. Amen. <clears throat> and so. So anyway, um, I'm excited about that. Hopefully I'll be coming back for convergence myself, you know, but it's great. It's great. I'm excited about tonight. I really am. I really believe God gave me three messages here to uh, to share. The first message tonight is really on focus and uh, getting that stone rolled away. You guys sang about a stone. You, uh, a stone. You sang about several different things here tonight that's going to speak. But there's a focus on getting the wells, getting the covers, getting the stones. You talked about letting go of lies. Sometimes we've listened to the lies of the devil, and we've carried those lies. It, it's t and you're saying about, Lord, whatever you want to do, 
I'll make room for whatever. That's what this is going to be about tonight, about making room and, and getting focused and getting the, that well, getting the cover off the well. You know, Jacob was focused. You know, the first time I ever saw smoking in the Bible was when, when Jacob saw Rachel, he lit off his camel. You know, uh, <laughs> all right, sorry about that. But anyway, uh, some of you are still like, I don't get it. Yeah, well, that's good. If you don't get it, that's good, right? But here, here are these guys, and I'll get into it in a minute, but these guys are trying to get this stone moved. A lot of these, these uh, shepherd guys. But Jacob, man, when he saw Rachel, he went right over, and he, he moved the stone all by himself because he was focused. He was intentional. And this is where we've got to be intentional tonight to get this stone because once we get that stone, that cover off, then it's a whole new game changer. It's, it's a whole new deal because we love Jesus. We've got a kingdom mindset. We're Holy Ghost. We're all in. But somehow, some way, there's some things that have been obscuring the flow that God wants in our lives. We have the desire. We have the passion. But tonight, we get to be focused. We get to be intentional in doing that. So I'm, I'm going to set this up, and, and some of what I'm going to set this up with is going to be pretty obvious. So in John chapter 4, verse 14, tonight I want to I talk about redigging the wells of revival. Tomorrow night, I want to talk about tapping into your well. And then Sunday morning, we're going to have rivers of living water flowing out of our belly in such a way that we're going to be able to take that and, and go into the marketplace and really be the salt and the light that God's called us to be and, and to have a major influence in those spheres that God has given us. So here in John 14, ch chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well, and from that grace encounter, an entire city was brought to faith in Christ. And Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is, this is what we're talking about. This is something that it doesn't dry up. It's, it's it, everywhere it goes. It, it brings life. Let me give you another scripture here. In John chapter 7, verse 38. And Jesus said, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. And for the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. In other words, words, water's flowing out of your belly. Water's flowing out of your belly. We live in a world that is hurting. People have no hope. I ministered, I did a Zoom meeting uh, last Saturday or two Saturdays ago to about 5,000 people in Pakistan. They're going through the floods and devastation they're losing everything they have and they think god is mad at them and i said and i as i was sharing and speaking on hope i said look i said the reason why these things happen is not because god's allowing it, it's because the absence of god because he's not allowed in your country he's not allowed in your lives he's not there 
and because of his absence, we see a lot of these things happen. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He wants to be a part of your life. But, but we've got. You know what? It's it's me. Let's do this for a second. Go shake somebody's hand. Let's do that. All right? Bless you. Amen. Good to see you. Good to see you. How you doing, brother? Good. Good. God bless you. God bless you, folks. Yeah. They're both at the same time. How you doing, brother? God bless you. Enjoyed the worship. I think I hit the button by mistake. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay, so the problem was me. I'm not used to that high-tech stuff. <sighs> so let me go back to John 7:38 for just a second here. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare, for rivers of living water will flow. So the Samaritan woman is asking Jesus, why are you asking me for a drink? Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus ignored the question, and he went right to the point. And he said this, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. He didn't say he was the living water. He said he would have given you the living water in John 4.10. And so when we look at this, again, what I'm saying here, it's not telling us what the living water is, so we need to look at it. Most of us, I assume most of us know what the living water is. But it, sometimes it's not good to assume. So let me just bring some clarity to that. So let's go to another passage of Scripture in, in John 
chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. It says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So here, what Jesus is doing is he's referring to the Holy Spirit as the living water. And so the Holy Spirit is often characterized when, when we read in Ezekiel 47, rivers of living water. Waters to, to walk in, up to your ankles, up to your knees, up to your waist, your thighs. Waters to swim in. This is what we're talking about. This is, we're talking about the Holy Spirit flowing to a capacity that everywhere you go, if you uncap the well, you tap into the well, everywhere you go, you're bringing life. You're bringing a fresh word. You're bringing fresh manna. You're bringing healing. You're bringing deliverance. You're bringing hope. You're bringing mercy. And then when we are doing that and we're getting our wells on cap, and now we get enough of us out there, now we've reached a critical mass where now the atmospheres are changing, things are shifting, culture's changing, and it becomes very, very powerful. And so where does this all take place? Where is the well? Well, when we receive Christ into our life, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our spirit. And that's where the well comes from. That's where the rivers of living water come from. This is why we have to make it. And tomorrow night, I'm going to emphasize so much on making uh, our spirit and understanding and making our spirit a priority in our life of being aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit daily throughout our life. We're supernatural beings in a natural body. We, we've got to get away from soulish operations, the soulish thinking and the emotions and, and uh, the feelings and all of that and allowing circumstances and those, thing, those things to um, control us and, and uh, cause us to make wrong decisions. So, but anyway, when we look at this, it is the ministry of the spirit flowing out of a heart that's redeemed by God. When we get saved, it's our heart, it's our, heart, it's our spirit that, that has the supernatural transformation. And then the soul, we have to keep the soul positioned properly and continually renewing our mind. So the soul is progressive. And, and the only way we can really stay in tune is by staying locked into the word of God, renewing our mind. Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed through the renewing of your mind so that you may know the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And folks, when we are tapped in to, to the Spirit, and we are flowing in the Spirit, we know how to pray the will of God. We know how to move. We know how to function in the will of God. And, and we're bringing life. We're bringing hope. The rivers of living water are flowing. And, and so it's a ministry of the Spirit from a redeemed heart that blesses the believers. And through them, it brings life and light to the world. We need to bring life and light to the world. And so, yeah, we need to pray for revival. 
We need to sing about revival. We need to preach about revival. Right, Pastor? But you know what else we need to do? We need to be revival. We need to be revival right now. Go out there. And, and look, you can be revival on your way home. You can be revival in a restaurant. You can be revival at a gas station. You can be revival in the workplace. You can be revival. How do you do that? By allowing the rivers of living water to flow out of you. And everywhere you go, you'll bring life. You'll bring that prophetic word. You know, you can prophesy over people. You don't have to get all King James Version on them. It's probably the worst thing you can do. It'll turn them off. Religion stinks. I hate religion. But, man, when you're out there and you say, oh, man, I was thinking about you. I saw you. And, and uh, so you start sharing a little bit. You know what that person's going to say to you? That has to be God. You don't even have to tell them it's God. It's better if you don't. And they'll say, you know what? That's got to be God because nobody, nobody would know that. Nobody would know that. And sometimes it's the little things. It's the little things. I've been in meetings. I was in a meeting in northern Maine, and there was a girl sitting beside another lady, and I said, I stopped and I felt like, I, I said, you know what? I said, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, you feel like, you feel like the woman with the, what was it? The woman with the issue of blood, and that you have no hope. And uh, I was trying to think of what, what the rest of that was. But anyway, when I shared it with her, she said, everything you said, on my way over here, I was talking to my sister. And she said, I said to my sister, I feel like the woman with the issue of blood, and there's no hope. And I said, well, there is hope. There is hope. And then, I don't know if it's the same meeting but there was another young lady, and I just stopped while I was preaching, Pastor, and I just said, you know something? Jesus wants me to tell you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's pretty simple. And she started squalling and bawling. And I said, what's going on? She goes, I was on my way over here tonight, and I said, you know, Jesus, if you love me, tell me three times. Tell me three times. We don't know. We don't know. It's the little simple things that really, that really change people's lives. Let me give you one more. <clears throat> Let me just ask you a question. Does somebody have a $20 bill? Anybody got a $20 bill on them? Yeah. Okay. It's not enough. I don't want to be rude, Pastor, but it's not enough to say you have it. You need to prove it, okay? You see, look, this girl right here, look at this. Look, guys, look, thank you very much. Anybody else? Yeah, look, look at that. Did you tell me now you're, are you stopping now that you? Look, look at this, look at this, look. All right, so, so look, I mean, they're putting it in my pocket. This is amazing. So look, when you when you ask people something, oh look. Oh, I thought you would no, I'm just kidding. But look at this. You gotta help me here in a minute. But look. See how easy that was, Pastor? Look at this. 
But look, when you, when you, when you tell somebody Jesus heals, when you tell somebody Jesus will set you free, it's not enough for you to tell people. You've got to prove it. You've got to prove it. Now, will somebody help me put this back where it belongs? Can, can you put that back where it belongs? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, it's out of my hands now. All right. But let me share this with you. All right, so don't let her be a distraction because the best part of this story is coming right now. I was in Zimbabwe ministering. Nancy was with me, and we'd been ministering to, to some, uh, a lot of different folks over there. And we were taking a little break. We were at this uh, safari lodge, and we were eating at this restaurant called the Boma. And while we were in the restaurant, there was this witch doctor, probably fourth-generation witch doctor, running around. And he's going around all the tables, and he said, My name is so-and-so. I'm a witch doctor, and I can tell you your future for so many Zim dollars, Zimbabwe dollars. And being the spiritual man that I am, I said to myself, I hope that idiot doesn't come over here. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, what are you going to do if he does? Now, that's Jehovah Sneaky right there. So I knew for sure, I knew for sure he was going to come to the table. And so sure enough, he comes to the table. He's standing there. He's got the feather, the paint, the grass skirt on, the spear, all of this stuff, a real full-fledged witch doctor. He comes to the table. He stands in front of Nancy and I. My name is so-and-so, and I'm a witch doctor. I can tell you your future for so many Zim dollars. And before I could even think, I said, well, look, I'm a prophet of God. I'll tell you your future for free. And as soon as I said that, you know what this guy said to me? Prove it. Honest to God, he said, prove it. So I began to speak to him. And as I began to speak to him, Tears started rolling down his eyes. And he said, everything you're saying to me, a woman said to me yesterday. And then this is what he does. Nancy's here to verify this. And she does not let me be evangelistic. Okay? She will call me on that. If I'm stretching something, she'll say, honey, you know, you got to pull that back a little bit. You know, sometimes numbers just, you know. I mean, we were pioneering a work, and, and the evangelist come in. He's coming to our church. He says, "What are you running?" I said, "Oh, between four and five hundred. He said, four and five hundred. Yeah, that's about the square footage of the building that we're in right now." <clears throat> so I wasn't being like specific, but anyway. So this guy is bawling. He gets on his knees at that table, puts his elbows on the table. He looks at Nancy and I. He said, will you pray for me? I need Jesus in my life right now. He said, everything you said, the woman said to me. He knew it was God, and he turned his life over to Christ right there. I'm telling you something, folks. When you uncap the well, you see, the thing about revival, the thing about the river flowing out of you, it's not about you. We think it's about us. I need refreshing. Look, if you're not going to pump the well and take care of others, then why do you need the well? You know? But I tell you, when you start letting that flow out of you, 
and you start getting out there and you start bringing hope and you start praying in the morning and asking God for divine appointments and all of a sudden people are coming into your life and you think, where are they coming from? And God gives you a word and, and you share that word and these people are crying, they're surrendering their life, they're getting set free, they're getting healed. Some lady's trying to pick out cucumbers in Walmart and you're there and she's bawling, crying all over the cucumbers because she just got a word from God. And, and, and uh, you know, it's amazing. This happens. You know, with expectation comes manifestation. We've got to believe. And, and then we have to step out. We can't just pray for revival, folks. We can't just get this well on capped and do nothing about it. If you're going to make the commitment to get this thing on capped, you better be ready to let it flow and to get out there. You better, uh, it's time for, to allow the quantum physics to take place in your life. You know, when sound, when, when light slows down, it makes sound. And when sound slows down, it, it, it brings matter. That's what quantum physics is all about, light and matter. But what happens in between is the sound. When you get a revelation, when you get light from God, when he speaks something to you into your spirit, I think it's, uh, uh, what is it, Psalm 6211? Or Proverbs, Psalm 62, 11 says, God said it once, but I heard it twice. When God speaks something to you and he gives you a revelation, you don't want to let it stay here. you got to speak it out and let it flow out of you. And when you begin to speak it out, that's when you begin to see the manifest presence of God take place. Because he's given you a word from the throne room of God. You've received it in here. And now you don't keep it, but you speak it out. And when you speak it out, I'm telling you something. Stuff happens. It changes. So this is why it's so important to understand that, yes, there is a well flowing inside of us, but what is obscuring the well? That's what the cover is all about. That's what that cover, that stone, that cover over our well, it, it's symbolic of something that is obscuring it, whether it's indifference, whether we're too busy, whether we're, we've got a battle going on inside of us, whether we, we've been going through something physical something financial, but you know, all of that, what we need more than anything else is living water. We need a flow of the Holy Spirit. And when we can find a place of rest, and one of the greatest things you can do is when, when you're going through all of this stuff is not to strive and go out and dig these cracked cisterns. You know, when, when it talks about when the scriptures are rebuking, let me get the scripture here. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that's okay. But let me back up here for just a second. So when we look at the stone, it, it symbolizes all the things that obscure our vision, that hinders our access to the spring of life. Because out of our wells comes healing, comes hope, deliverance, peace, joy, rest, times of refreshing, and so much more. So we must be continually tapped into, the, into our source. But look at verse uh, 13 here in this scripture in Genesis 29, 13. Jacob saw Rachel, lit off her camel, and went over and rolled the stone away. I added, lit off her camel too. But anyway, so, but if we don't stay, this is what happens. If we don't stay tapped into the source, 
If we don't say tapped into our spirits, I'm going to show you tomorrow night how you can do that. I'm going to show you how we interact from our spirit, our soul, and our body, how all of that happens where God's speaking and how we can respond and really be more intentional and operating from our spirit than our soul. But this is what happens. When you start operating from your soul and you're not staying tapped in, and keeping yourself positioned properly before the Lord through God's word and the renewing of your mind, then what's happened is you're going to default because the soul is the default. The soul processes everything, whether we like it or not. God will speak to our spirit, but it still is processed through the soul. So we have to keep the soul positioned properly. If we're not positioned properly and we're allowing circumstances and, and pressure and all these outside things pulling us away, and now we're depending on the soul, now, now we are di digging cracked. We're operating out of a cracked cistern. And when you operate out of a cracked cistern, it's, it's not good. Look, look what Jeremiah uh, is giving Judah, our strong rebuke here. Trying to get the Jeremiah 2. I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. He said, my people have committed two evils. They have abandoned me and the foundation of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that hold no water. You know what cracked cisterns do when you tap into them? It's a place of brokenness. It's a place of contention. It's a place of strife. It's a place of stress. It's a place of emotions. And we are operating soulish, and it's not productive at all. This is why, this is why the Lord wants us to stay focused and, and learning how to recognize and prioritize and be intentional of knowing what it is to have life in the spirit to be led by the spirit praying in tongues is so important folks every day let me just give you two main reasons why you should pray in tongues if nothing else the more you pray in tongues the greater awareness of his presence the more you pray in tongues the greater awareness of the lostness around you those two things right there should be enough but there's more. There's more because we build ourselves up. The gift of tongues for us is that's what it is. All the other gifts are for others, but the gift of tongues is for us. And, and we should want that. And that helps, that helps to flow. But you see, if we don't stay tapped into our spirit, if we don't keep that cover off the stone away and let those waters flow, then we are going to default back and we're going to be operating from a cracked cistern and it's not going to be good. It's going to be stressful, <coughs> contentious. But when you are flowing, when you get that stone out of the way and you're getting tapped in, it will flow. I believe. Can we have our, our worship leaders come? One or two. We don't need everybody because you guys lose out sometimes. But here's what, here's what I'm seeing tonight. I'm seeing you guys making a decision. You're going to be as focused as Jacob saying, I don't know what it, it is. I, you may not even be able to identify it. But I'm telling you what, when you're not sure of what's going on and you want to know, 
When you take that step, it releases something. I tell people all the time, your breakthrough is not where you're sitting. Your breakthrough is not where you're standing. It's where you're about to step. See, faith faith is, is, is an action word. You have to move out in faith. And it seems like whenever you're stuck or something like that, when we're stuck, we're trying to figure it out. When, when the Lord begins to just give us a hint, look, just step out in obedience. We're going to do that big time Sunday when we cross the threshold. Because I believe in sun, Sunday morning, there is going to be a shaking. There's going to be platelets shifting, in, not only in this church, but there's going to be some shifting in yourselves. And you're going to step across the threshold. You're going to be able to execute. Many of you have been standing at a threshold. You're going through pressure. You're going through tensions. It's overwhelming. But right on the other side of that threshold, that is your new season. That is your, your, your door of opportunity. That's your breakthrough. And, and I don't want to get to that too early, but I believe that's the last action step we're going to do to be able to really step into this new season. Because some of you, you like where you're headed, but it's like, Lord, I can't stand here anymore and wait for you to do something. I know I have to step out in faith. And when I do, I'm going to let go of some stuff, but I'm going to have my hands ready for you to put something new in me to help me step into this new season. We're going to do that Sunday morning. We're going to tap into the well deeper tomorrow night so that you're going to know. You're going to have, I'm all, I, I am a very pragmatic man. I love the flow of the Holy Spirit. I love spontaneity, but I'm pragmatic. And everything I do, I want it for practical application. I'm going to be able to show you tomorrow night how to truly tap into your spirit, how to operate from your spirit, how God speaks to you intuitively, and how you can step out from that and see, begin to see the manifest presence of God on a regular basis in your life. We do that all the time. It's not a magic formula or anything. It's just some basic principles that God has shown us. God has patterns in the Bible. And if you, if you go by those patterns and step out in faith, you're going to see these things happen. And so tonight, we're going to get somebody to move this out of the way. What I'd like to do, now look, I, I want to tell you something. You know, yesterday was Thursday, right? I've been in 36 nations. We lived in the Philippines. I've been in every state in the United States. But yesterday was our first time in Oregon. So I guess it's true, God saves the best wine to last, right? <laughs> you know, but this is a divine appointment. This is a divine appointment. We've had a desire to come to Oregon for years. Maybe because it's the last state, it's our bucket list or whatever, but we're here for a reason, and we know that, and we're, we're excited. I've never been, I've, I've been preaching almost 40 years now. I have never been so antsy and excited about coming and being a part of meetings like this. It's almost like it's almost like you're just getting out of Bible college or whatever and you're getting back in. I mean, I'm just 
I have this expectancy, and I'm excited. And I don't know what God's going to do for you tonight, but I'll tell you something. A lot of the worship was really just basically saying, look, guys, let go, lay it down. It doesn't make a difference. Even though it's been good, it's a good ride. God has, I know this. I talked to some of my buddies that are really moving and shaking and, we're, we're, and, and making things happen, and we realize we're only tapping in about 20% of what God wants for us. There's so much more. We go from glory to glory, faith to faith. But I am so hungry for more. And so, but I know this, I don't have to strive. All I have to do is yield and submit and be a host for God. That's what we are. We're just a host for God. We know how to place a demand on the anointing. You come in this room, all the lights are off. That doesn't mean there's no power. The power is behind that light switch. But all you've got to do is go over and initiate it and place a demand on that power, and it happens. It happens. Here's another picture. When you have a dimmer switch, how many of you have a dimmer switch or something in your home? You have it with you. But when you turn those lights up and down, all you're doing is you're putting resistance in the circuit or you're taking it out. And the more resistance, the dimmer the light. You, you, you become dimwit. I mean, dim lit. You become dim lit. Maybe the first one works. I don't know. But look, but what, what we want to do, we live in a dirty, filthy world. We're bombarded all the time, all these voices and stuff, and it just, we, we have to take a shower at least every day, if not every other day. Why? Because the stuff just gets on us, and we have to be cleansed in the Word of God, and we have to keep the resistance out, but the less resistance... We're just a conduit for the power of God to flow through. I want more power. What's the, what's the Bible say? Less of me, more of you. Less of me, more of you. That's where I want to get. How do I know if I have resistance? If I have a clash with this woman, somehow there's some friction. We learned a long time ago, well, at least she did, that being right is overrated. Very overrated. You heard her say that. Very overrated. But we have learned over the years to prefer one another. We've learned to serve one another. And I tell you what, it's beautiful. So the quicker you learn that, the less resistance, and it's it's fun. It is fun. I want to be around this woman a lot. Yeah, we need our space. We understand that. But I can't function without this girl. And I've been around her over 50 years. But still, we've learned to serve one another. So we've, we've we're figuring this stuff out. And, you know, the biggest thing in growing in the Lord is just yielding and submitting to the Holy Spirit you know there was a time years ago I raised my voice and yelled at her about something and man all of a sudden I just felt so grieved in my spirit 
Then we went out for a walk later on. And I said, honey, I just, sometimes I don't know where that comes from. I don't, I don't want to do that. You don't know how I feel when I do that. And she goes, I didn't know that. She goes, just you telling me that made a big difference. And you know what? We got that. What's that? It changed everything. It did. So it's a matter of walking in obedience. It's a matter of getting the cover, getting those things that are obscuring and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow more. So what I'd like to have you do, if you want to come, just come and line up. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, we know this. We're a host for God. We know we flow in anointing. I don't know what's going to happen, but we just want to come and just lay hands on you to release that to release that. So if you want to flow, if you want a fresh flow tonight, just come down here tonight. Make a decision. Just make a decision. I know you're hungry. I know you folks are hungry. You want more? It's pretty obvious with some. <laughs> but you know, we don't. We're hungry. We're, we're running after this with everything. We don't want to miss out what God's doing right now. We don't want to miss out. What, what's amazing, Eli, is this. I, I serve about 200 pastors. We know them personally. We really do. They're like our kids. We know what every one of them's going through. We know how hungry they are. We know where they're at. And we just get to be a part of serving them loving them and helping them fulfill what God wants them to do. And so I don't know everybody in here tonight, but I'm willing to say most of you are hungry. You want to move forward. You want more. You know, at the Brownsville Revival, they used to call these people, and we were accused of that ourselves. Many in our church, were they were called prayer pigs. Prayer pigs. And it was an acronym. Pressing into God. They were just people pressing into God, so they got labeled prayer pigs. Who cares? It's all right. Amen? But tonight, just close your eyes and just begin. Some of you know what's obscuring. Some of you know what cover needs to come off. Some of you know what lies. I ministered to a lady today. She's a sweet lady doing amazing things for God, but she still has some religious thinking when it comes to receiving. And so I was ministering to her in healing, and she said to me, she goes, I don't feel worthy. And I looked at her, and I said, well, you're not. It shocked her. I said, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. You didn't earn it. You're not worthy of a healing. I said, that's self-righteousness. She, she got it. And I, I, she didn't get offended by that. She understood that. We got to get rid of that stinking thinking. We got to really operate as kingdom citizens. We got to know how to present ourselves before the king, how to pray his will. And I'll tell you something. The more you get this flowing out of you, the more the Holy Spirit's going to teach you, empower you, help you to navigate all of that. So we're going to do it. So we're just going to come by. Come on up, hon. I'm going to put this down.